Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. And before we get started, I just have to say I'm sorry. <laughs> I totally messed up. Um, so this was actually supposed to air earlier, well, yesterday. Um, and I misscheduled for it to go out. So really sorry, but I hope that you will enjoy this and the uh, series to follow. So, okay, before, and again, I'm really sorry, but here we go. Hello, and welcome to another uh, episode of Caught Between a Tie and High Heels. This is our podcast that we do some question and answer, and I basically um, tell you everything about me. And <laughs> this uh, podcast is um, not going to be anything different, but it's a way in order for me to um, find some strength and be able to relate to the community, which I have been starving for for such a long time, and also... Um, in a way, in order for me to still remain hiding, which I have to do, or I feel like I have to do, but still be able to come out. Um, so this is just as much, not just for your entertainment, but for me coming out. So there you go. Um, speaking of that. Okay, so. Um, oh boy. I was, I've been playing around with an idea that I was going to do. Uh, I decided to do it and then I thought no and then I lost all the paperwork that I did uh, and I'm like well it was supposed to be and but I've been keep going back as like I really need to try and find it and lo and behold it has made its way back into my life and the paperwork in which I'm talking about is my my true bio um, or my biography that I wrote about myself way back in 2003-2004 when I was really kind of in the beginning of coming out. I had not said anything to anyone up until that time period. Um, I had not gone to therapy. I had not and it was a result of a failing marriage at the time and I just I needed help and uh, so I during that time period you had the Harry Benjamin standard uh, standards of care, which is um, Harry Benjamin, I believe, endocrinologist, and he did a big, huge study on helping transgender people. And um, so there were a lot of things that you had to do for the standards of care. So in order for you to even start hormones to get where I am now, I had to go through a number of years of individual uh, therapy. Then I had to also go through the minimum, I believe it was a minimum of two years. Yeah, I think it's a minimum of two years therapy, a uh, group therapy. Then um, you can get uh, recommend, um, recommended in order to go to an endocrinologist and start your hormones. And you must have, and that would have started your your HRT, but also your RLT, which was your real life test was to be able to, you had to live presenting, not just taking hormones, you couldn't be on HRT or your hormone replacement therapy. You couldn't be doing that for just two years. No, you had to be out, completely out and shining like the sun that we all were or are. Um, and uh, so you had to do your real life test and that had to be a minimum of two years, um, but can go, of course, for the many, many years later, 
even for you to qualify to talk to someone about your SRS or surgical reassignment surgery or your sexual reassignment surgery. Sorry. Now I, I don't even know what they call. I think it's your gender correction surgery, which I like a lot better than SRS, I will say. So that would be um, GRS. So there you go. Um, so back during that time period, I had gone probably I was in about uh, two years worth, two and a half years worth of therapy at that point, individual therapy. And my therapist uh, suggested I needed to write my bio, which is part of, from what I understood from her, um, something that I need to do. And so I did. And I was going to share it with you. And I, I know that I have covered uh, a handful of the things that I'm going to read in this. Uh, I know that I've done it on my own and I thought that it would be good just to sort of wing it and just throw it out there. Um, but I know I've dropped a whole bunch of stuff and I figured why not do a little mini series. So I'll not just be doing today, but I'll actually every day, I think for the next couple of days, I will be uh, posting up a bio series. And so um, if everything goes correctly, um, we should have like all of my bio pretty much up to the time of my divorce. And then I'll kind of take it from there. Um, which I've kind of already hit on as well, but we'll, we'll just go from there. So with that, let me get started. And again, uh, I wrote this a long time ago. I'm a horrible speller. I know nothing about grammar, <laughs> uh, which is terrible because I, um, a part of my job. Uh, that I had for a good long while was writing copy for the internet. So um, I've gotten a lot better since then, but you definitely, I've only read a little bit of this. So I'm reading it fresh for the first time um, as I read it to you. So I might go off track a little bit, uh, but I'm going to try and stick to this as best as we possibly can. Um, but I wanted you to hear my, I basically want to publish it. I was supposed to have in my eyes, write it down and I was going to get it published in one way or another. And I thought, well, you know, this is a way of us getting it published, me doing it on a podcast. So there you go. So let's get started. Um, as it begins, it says, I was born in Virginia and grew up in a nice neighborhood. I started to notice things were a little different at a pretty young age. One of the first things that I noticed was that my mom kept little girls' tights and leotards in the bottom drawer of my dresser. I don't remember wearing them, but I do remember opening the drawer and seeing them there quite often. I always felt, even at a young age, that my mom wanted me to be a girl. This is something that she denies to this very day. My mom had not gotten dementia at this point, so there you go. Um... The tights in the drawer, though, were only one of the reasons that I felt this way. She would play games with me when I was getting ready to take a bath or a shower where she would pull the shirt up over my head and then leave it hanging off the back of my head like long hair. She would then call me by some girl version of my name and I would laugh. And I would think it was really funny and didn't really put much thought into it at the time. But then again, I was only three to six years old, maybe. I certainly don't blame my mom for the feelings that I have about my gender, but they certainly made me think, all these actions, and she made me think. I also wore pants at my feminine waist at the, for the longest time when I was a child. 
and I did talk about this in a previous episode. This could be chalked up to me being uh, my mom's first child, but I wasn't. My brother was about seven years older than me, so she had to have raised him different because he doesn't wear his pants at a feminine waist. And I still remember one day my brother sitting out in the front yard with his friends, and I was running around like a normal kid did. He called me over and he pulled my pants down to my masculine waist and told me, this is where you're supposed to wear your pants. You look like a girl when you're wearing them up high like that. I took notice. School was quite an experience for me. I never really fit into a major clique or on either side of the popularity scale the entire time I was in school, and I mean K through 12. Luckily, I found knack for acting uh, when I was about in fifth grade, so if anything, I had the drama people to hang out with. Um, they were a mixed match bunch of people. Even while I was in my element and finding my way within the, re- the drama club realm, I still didn't completely fit in with the subgroups within the realm. I struggled a lot. I mean, a lot through all throughout school. I got a little older and I started to pay more attention to things around me, mainly the girls in school, what they did, how they grouped together all the time, their whispers and giggles. This was all happening either during the fourth or fifth grade. I'm really not sure. Wow, I had a lot going on in the fifth grade, I guess. Um, I also started to notice things about my mom. I would catch little peeks when she was getting dressed, putting on pantyhose, skirts, dresses, slips. I started to wonder how it would feel uh, to wear those items of clothing. And I started to identify more with the girls at school than I was with the boys. And this was causing a bit of confusion for me. I can't remember the first time I tried on my mom's pantyhose or a skirt or whatever, but I do know that I started trying on her things somewhere around the fourth or fifth grade. I think it actually was probably a little earlier, but um, I don't know. That time was really kind of hazy for me. Uh, It was about this time that I also discovered my dad's porno mags. Oh, yes. (laughs) I forgot I wrote about this. Um, I loved looking at those pictures. I am not going to lie, and I even wrote that. I I do. I I loved watching, looking at those pictures. I saw things in those magazines that pacified my curiosity um, from here to the moon. I was very interested in studying the women in the pictures, and that's very true. I did. I was actually looking at their body, how they were moving, how they sit, their posture, everything. And I loved how their bodies looked, and I started to identify with them more and more. Also, extremely true. Um, not that I say this like I'm going to lie. I'm finding out a lie about myself. I wrote this. So yeah, of course. I'm so sorry. Okay. This is going in a weird direction that I didn't know it was going to go. Um, okay. Back to the reading. I know that you're probably thinking, uh, that, oh, he must be gay since he was identifying with women more. You couldn't be more wrong. I didn't like looking at the men in the magazine at all. I never really found anything attractive about men at all. And I still don't which I've also mentioned in a previous episode. Um, Not that I have anything against men or those who find men attractive. I just never liked men. There was a time that I did honestly give it a try uh, to like men or to find them attractive, that is, but it never worked out. And am I getting... (laughs) Oh, I correct myself here. I'm getting it out of my timeline here, so I will bring this up later on. Boy, I was actually pretty, pretty put together back in 2004. Wow. Uh, this is like, what is this, 15, almost 15, 16 years since I, I've actually read this. Wow. Okay. Um, 
Now I know I have heard some experts when they are analyzing a person's case on one of those uh, TV shows. Sorry, my grammar is really bad. I had to kind of pass through that. Um, okay. I know that I've heard some experts when they are analyzing a person's case on one of those TV shows say something to the effect that the person that lives a homosexual or transgender lifestyle lives that way due to their upbringing. I will tell you, at least in my case, this is not the case. I will not defend the fact that my dad uh, should have been a little bit more on the crafty side, hiding his bathroom literature, but it did warp my... It didn't warp... It did not warp my mind into feeling the way that I did. I was already feeling different before I even saw them. As a bit more time went on, school got even worse. And it was getting even worse. And my family was falling apart with my parents' divorce when I was around 12 years old. I had really begun to feel out of place and I started to wonder if I had not been born in the wrong body. I honestly started to feel that I should have been a girl. I would dress more often and looking back on it now, I guess that it was a way for me to find some happiness about myself. I was starting to look at the girls at school with an envious eye. I really started to pay attention more to their clothes and their body language. I wanted to fit into their cliques. I wanted to wear some of the pretty things that they wore. Being harassed at school was just as bad as the, as the year before. By this time, I was also becoming a band geek, along with my couple of years as a card-carrying member of the drama club. Even though I was a first-chair trumpet, which I was, yeah. Um, again, I'm not going to lie about myself. I don't know why I'm reacting that way. I'm so sorry. Uh, I still got made fun of. Even though I was a first-chair trumpet, I still got made fun of by the way I dressed or the way that I looked. Taking a second look on back on things I didn't mention before, I was in glasses at the age of four. I also tried to find some peace in choir um, when I was back in the fifth grade since I started acting around the same time. I was good enough uh, to be a part of the All-City Choir Festival along with only one other person from my school. I sang first soprano, and even though my voice had not matured at that time, there was still a lot of boys... Uh, who s a lot of boys who sing with the first sopranos, and I did, and I did it with ease. Okay, me bragging about myself and my abilities there. All right. So with those types of things in my past, by the time I was in seventh grade, and just joining the band, the other kids had a bit of ammunition for their comments and jokes aimed in my direction. I know I'm painting a horrific picture of doom and gloom that is my life. It wasn't that bad. I had my moments of fun where there were some good times mixed in with all the other stuff, so please don't think that I'm trying to write my life as some living hell. There were bad times, yes, but there were good times as well. During all the chaos, I did a lot of bonding with my mom. We were, and still are, very close. My dad was not around a lot of the time due to his work schedule, which had him out very late. My dad actually sang in clubs, so it wasn't just his work, but my dad was a singer, um, and he was part of, he sang on the Grand Old Opry uh, as a guest. I don't think he was a featured act, but uh, he, when he got out of the music business, he still played uh, music, and he would go around and play. He had his own band, and uh, he would go and play um, different different gigs, 
and he would always come back really late. So it was me and my mom. We just we just hung out. Um, since it was since it was the only I'm just getting back to the reading now. Um, sorry. Since it was only the two of us, my mom and I were there for each other. I unfortunately caused a bit of space between us with my lack of interest in my schoolwork. My mom was a big-time perfectionist when I was growing up. She still is, for the most part, but she has certainly learned uh, to widen her standard quite a bit over the years. Um, just so you know, the amount of... I have to take a second here just so you know how much of a perfectionist my mom is. Um, one case that stood out to me, um, she gave me a list of about 14 chores to do. Now, I was a latchkey kid. I had to come home and I had to immediately start doing these chores before she came home at 4.30. And I was really doing, I thought that I was like covering every single thing on the list. One of those things, items was taking out the trash. We have two bathrooms and a kitchen that we had to take the trash out from. I took the trash can out of, or the trash out of one bathroom and the kitchen, but I forgot that there was uh, to go into the back bedroom, or the back bathroom that was in the master bedroom. I did all other 13 things on the list. My mom came home, found the items that were still in the trash can, and I got the belt. So, yeah. It, she was she wanted everything to be perfect but then she got really upset um it's not a mommy dearest type of thing it didn't happen all the time like that but it just like this caught her on the very worst of days so yeah big time perfectionist all right so i've i've gone off of the uh, script here too much okay going back to the reading um, I mentioned my mom is a perfectionist because by this time in my life, I was in the middle of repeating the seventh grade. I did fail the seventh grade and still not doing really well. Uh, my mom being concerned and trying the best she could help, uh, she could do to help. Uh, we started to talk about going to a private school or Catholic school. Being Episcopal, I wasn't keen on the nun thing. It is Catholic light, but, or diet Catholic, but I still wasn't really keen on the, on the, um, uh, the nun thing. And I had already heard some stories about the nuns. <laughs> oh, that's true. I did. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I did hear the story about the nuns uh, and the rulers. And no way, I wrote. Uh, so we focused on private schools. This was a major undertaking for my mom. And it wasn't until a few years out of school that I realized how much she really did to try and make sure that I had a good education and do what was best for me. Thank you, mom. Very, very true. Um, before going to private school, I need to get back to the matter at hand in seventh grade. I was becoming more and more confused about myself and my gender. The first time I went through seventh grade, I had my first ever sex ed class. Wow. Not that I hadn't already heard much, um, talk in the bathroom during the gym class, but I became more interested in the female anatomy. That, along with my dad's porn collection, I mean, that sort of helped out things too, um, when I saw that. So, um, let's see, getting back to the reading. I'm sorry, just had to add that comment. Uh, not in a sick way. Um, I became more interested in the female anatomy, not in a sick way, but in a very impressed way. And I found myself wishing even more and more, um, that I wanted to be more like them. So there you go. All right, so we are reaching about 20 minutes, so I'm thinking that this would probably be a good place to stop 
and um, just tune in tomorrow and we will do another uh, episode of my bio as I make my way through my past um, going 16 years and reading 16 years uh, later the bio that I wrote about myself when I first started therapy. So anyway, I hope you tune in uh, for next episode, which will be tomorrow. I'm not doing the Monday thing. We're gonna, just going to do this right after another. Um, and if you all have any questions or anything else like that, please feel free. Uh, comments. I would love to hear comments as well. Send them to questions at tieandhighheels.com. Or you're more than welcome in order to go to our website, tieandhighheels.com. And on our contact page, there's a nice little form there. You can just fill that out and it'll come directly to my mail. Um, and finally, I'm on Instagram at Facebook, uh, Instagram and Facebook at Tie and High Heels. All right. So I will um, talk to you tomorrow. All right. Take care. Bye bye.